Hi, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. I'm pleased to be joined by Neil McDonald. He's a Vice President and Gartner Fellow, and we're at the Gartner Security Summit outside Washington, D.C. Thanks, Neil, for joining me. Thanks. My pleasure. Okay, you, you, we just finished a session called Big Data and Security, Integrating Security and Operations Data for Improved IT Intelligence. Uh, one of the initial things that you said here today was that a lot of people don't quite understand what big data is. Why don't you provide us with what you feel big data is? Well, there's a lot of hype around big data, and many people assume that it is just all hype. Uh, I disagree with that, and certainly as it pertains to information security. But there's a couple of reasons people believe it's hype. Uh, number one, they say, well, we've dealt with these issues before. My counter-argument is it may have been dealt with before, but it's new to us. New because Moore's Law has lowered the bar for uh, and open source technologies like Hadoop or Cassandra or MapReduce have lowered the barrier to entry for typical organizations to analyze vast amounts of data. Moore's Law has given us uh, more processing power and more storage to deal with vast amounts of data. But also number three is we need more data to make better information security decisions. So I, I disagree that this is all hype. I believe it actually is very real. My other comment on big data is people tend to focus on big, the word big, and they assume it's always about volume. In Gartner's definition of big data, there are four attributes, volume, velocity, variety, and complexity. Any one of those attributes could create a new class of data processing problem. Collectively, the term big data is used. It encompasses all four. Most people tend to focus on the volume, which I also think leads them astray. You spoke of different drivers in your presentation. One was shift to context-aware security. What do you mean by that? One of the drivers that I talked about was this shift to context-aware security as a driver towards big data and big data analytics for information security. So what is context-aware security? It's the use of context data at the point in time an information security decision is made in order to make a better information security decision. In the presentation today, I used a consumer banking example where a lady was transferring money from one account to another. She had logged in, provided the proper credentials, was transferring money, and my question to the audience was, should I allow or deny this transaction? She had provided valid credentials. What else do I have to go on? What's missing from the example is, of course, more context. So when I added additional context to this decision, such as the IP address resolved to China, the device that she was logging in from had not been previously profiled, so it was unknown. The time of day was 1 a.m. local time, not a normal time for this user to be logging in. The prior login was in the United States six hours ago, so it was physically impossible for this person to be in China. All of a sudden, what appears to be a legitimate security decision, yes, yeah, I should allow, she's got credentials, all of a sudden we deny because the context points to anomalous behavior. Context will drive vast amounts of data for information security. Time of day, location, device reputation, URL reputation, all will be factors into real-time security decisions. This will be one of the primary drivers of the shift towards big data for information security. Does this mean that organizations are going to have to rely more on their various vendors? Where will all of this context come from? It will require integration between 
different vendors. And unfortunately, there's no good standard for context information today. So we're talking about pulling information, uh, let's say, of identity context from identity systems. So linking into things like Active Directory. Uh, I'll pull device context using uh, either an IP or URL reputation. There are providers of that data that I can subscribe to. Today, unfortunately, there's no single source of context, but there are providers at each layer in the stack that have context that would be valuable. There are device reputation vendors, there's IP reputation vendors, there's URL reputation vendors. Or there are vendors that help me with transaction anomaly monitoring. There are vendors that help me monitor sensitive data. Your point is, these are different sources, and that's why part of the story today is talking about bringing this together, and most people are doing that in the short term with security information and event management systems to bring together data across these different silos. You say that not all these seems type of services provide the, the ultimate solution that people seek. The SIM vendors will not always take on the role of a big data analytics provider for information security. Some will, some won't. There are multiple issues you run into. How much information can the SIM vendor handle in their architecture before the performance becomes unacceptable? The results take too long to, to deliver meaningful intelligence. Another is the licensing model of the SIM vendor, and are they going to penalize me for moving to bigger and bigger data sets? Another consideration is whether or not they handle raw data versus normalized data, which is what traditionally security information event management systems do in order to deliver near real-time performance is normalize the data sets. But in many cases, we're seeing clients also want to retain the raw data for further post capture analytics as well. So the SIM provider needs to uh, have an option for that. Not all SIM providers will make this transition, nor will they do it with a reasonable cost or performance. Some will, some won't, and that's why I would be asking my SIM provider these types of questions. So who in the staff will be charged to integrate all these type of systems? type A organizations, which Gartner characterizes as leading edge, technologically aggressive organizations. 40% of those by 2016 will create and staff a security analytics role, or you could call them a, a security data scientist. Whatever term you want to use for that role, someone in that organization will have the responsibility of mining these data sets, looking for patterns of anomalous behavior. Not every organization will have that title. Notice I said 40% of type A organizations. Type B, type C organizations that tend to be technology followers or technology laggards, they're slower in adoption. There, I believe there'll be a, a service provider market emerged that will do this type of analytics for me on my behalf as a service, and that's a new and emerging market. One thing I found interesting was an analogy that you made in your presentation about the new Airbus A380, which I guess dealt with compensating for the loss of intimacy or control that people now feel they may have over, or they used to feel they had over securing information, but may be losing now. Exactly. If you look at the Airbus A380, it's what's referred to as a fly-by-wire system. The pilots do not have direct control of the navigational surfaces of the aircraft. It's simulated, but they don't have direct hydraulic control of the, the rudders, and the, the lifts. It's the illusion of control. We give them that confidence 
without direct ownership and control of these avionic surfaces through instrumentation and monitoring. The cockpit is full of monitors, thousands of sensors throughout the aircraft, 380 miles of cabling for these sensors, giving the pilots immersive amounts of information. So you're compensating for the, the loss of direct control with visibility. The analogy then goes directly to the IT department. We don't own or control these cloud providers, but we can compensate for the loss of direct control with vast amounts of monitoring and visibility. I think it's a very important point because that will drive this move towards big data and big data analytics for security. It's just the sheer amount of data we'll need to give that confidence and that visibility to IT operators just like the pilots in the A380. You made a point about sort of a collaboration among IT security and operations. I guess both at the vendor level plus within I guess organizations too. Why is that important this era of big data? Well, big data is being brought to solve the next generation of information security problems, but big data is being brought to solve the next generation of IT operations problems, things like application performance monitoring and root cause analysis and behavioral monitoring of applications and behavioral learning. It's the same type of problem. Help me understand where anomalous behavior exists in my systems. Sometimes it's going to be a security issue. Sometimes it's going to be an operational issue. But the fact it's anomalous behavior is of interest to both. So why do do we duplicate eventing and monitoring across these two environments? Isn't there synergy by having a common eventing and monitoring system that can be used across IT operations and security? Some of the operational context, things like CMDBs, configuration management databases, and dependency mappings, and business level of the asset, these are already stored in operational repositories. That's very valuable information to bring to bear on security dashboards, which is a more serious vulnerability that represents more risk. A vulnerability in a Windows system that has an internal web server, or a vulnerability in a Windows system that's hosting a financial transaction for an external customer. We need that type of business context and operational context to help us prioritize where to focus our efforts from a risk perspective. Thanks, Neil. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I've been speaking with Neil McDonald, Vice President and Gartner Fellow. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.